Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to regulatory pressures to marketing strategies. As consumers look for foods and beverages to do more for them and the planet, they're becoming more sophisticated and skeptical of unverified claims, demanding proof that products and companies can deliver what they promise. In response, at Natural Products Expo West earlier this month, more manufacturer called out science-backed branded ingredients on packaging to support functional claims, while other industry stakeholders came together to clarify, and in some cases certify, sought-after but still a bit ambiguous ideals and concepts, such as regenerative agriculture. In this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast, Experts from the branding and marketing firm Marketplace and ingredient supplier Ingredion share what claims and products are resonating most with consumers and how industry is stepping up to ensure their veracity. They also shared trends they spotted at Natural Products Expo West, including flavors, functions, and formats, as well as evolving business models and emerging marketing strategies. So since founding Marketplace more than 20 years ago, Tracy Landu has watched foods and supplements speed towards each other on a collision course. And at Natural Products Exo West this year, she says they came together in a beautiful way, in an explosion of functional beverages targeting a wide range of need states. Beverages for a while have been quote-unquote functional, right? But now this is a whole new level. This is an answer to what we call pill fatigue, which is, you know, I, as a person, realize I need certain healthy um, nutrients in my body. Um, I want to get those nutrients into my body. Some of that's going to come through the foods that I eat. Um, Maybe I believe they come from the beverages that I drink. They're also going to come from the supplements that I line up in the morning and take. But as new ingredients are emerging, we might have, (laughs) I can speak for myself, up to 10 or more, whatever that number is for you personally, different types of ingredients in each of these different functional supplements that I want to take. Well, that's fatiguing. So the opportunity, the market opportunity uh, for brands and ingredient brands or ingredient companies is to rise to the occasion and create functional ingredients that have um, that can be blended together to create sort of you know um, a beverage that takes the place of a of a supplement. Marketplace growth strategy director Megan Hook added that consumer research conducted by the firm reinforces the market potential for functional beverages as the new supplements. In our research, we always look at consumer demand first because, you know, what consumers want is, like, the truth or the final word on everything. So um, we surveyed U.S. supplement consumers last year, uh, and we found that 48% of them said that they would consume a beverage every day or almost every day if it contained the benefits they get from their supplements. So we're seeing... A lot of functional beverages emerge that are, you know, meeting uh, the demand for uh, immunity, brain health, all kinds of things like that. 
And uh, we kind of see this as being the next dummy format. And if you look back 20 years, so if somebody said to you, hey, in you know, a while from now, you're going to be consuming all of your supplements through a candy called a gummy bear, you would have been like, what? That's crazy. Um, so what might seem absurd today becomes normalplace in the future. And, and we look in the past to see how those trends emerge. Um, so with that data in mind, we can confidently say that there will be a lot more functional beverages on the market. And we're seeing that at the show here. Lindo added that some of the most promising functional beverages at Natural Products Expo West featured branded ingredients that reinforce consumer confidence in product claims. So some of the examples that I saw at the show of that, one is Center Enhanced Sparkling Water. So it's a product that has a branded ingredient in it by Kiowa Hako, and Kiowa Hako is the owner of the brand Cognizant. Center um, Enhanced Sparkling Water uh, promotes that it's a nootropic and also has adaptogens. So again, it's not just a beverage that has even one functional benefit. It has two or more. So it's very similar mindset that you have as a consumer that you would have taking a supplement, but you're going to get it out of your drink. These companies are working together to create these very valuable, very efficacious, safe products that allow us as consumers to get our nutrition requirements met all day long. We're just going to expect that pretty much everything we eat in some way is going to be beneficial to our body and bioavailable for our body's benefit. Today, we're seeing those branded ingredients show up on Ingredient Legends, much like like the Center product that I mentioned earlier. Um, Sometimes they're even being referenced on the principal display panel of a package. We're seeing this palatability in foods starting to come about. So it's a partnership of the ingredient company and the consumer brand where they're working together. And the benefit for this consumer brand is that they get to leverage the science, the clinical studies, the patented technology with the end consumer. Because the end consumer, as we know, they're starting to get a little cynical. Like they want to see some proof. Do these things work? Um, So those partnerships can be very, very fruitful. And we've seen several examples of that in the marketplace. I mentioned Cognizant and Amuse. Seracue is another cognitive health product that has been successful on the market. Sourcing branded ingredients or conducting clinical trials to verify product claims can be more expensive than not, but Hook notes that they can deliver a strong return on investment. Having proof through clinical trials, like that are double-blind, third-party validated, um, is going to really give consumers a a peace of mind that it works, it's proof, right? And uh, a blended ingredient that can go into multiple consumer goods brands uh, can command the the price tag behind executing clinical trials because they're selling it into a lot of different brands and developing their own brands through consumer education and awareness. So that business model um, really supports doing those really expensive clinical trials that consumers want to see and expect nowadays. 
As for in-demand benefits of functional beverages, Lando and Hook said that they saw at Natural Products Expo West call-outs for stimulant-free energy, zero-proof or alcoholic alternatives, as well as focus on brain health. For beverages as opposed to pills, flavor is just as important, if not more so, than function. Hook noted that many of the flavors favored by functional beverages have their own health halo. We're seeing um, that a lot of flavors that have sort of a health halo to them or a functional benefit, like turmeric, green tea, and matcha, are emerging as being very popular with consumers because if you can have something taste good and give you that health benefit at the same time, all the better. It also crosses over nicely into the, uh, you know, mixologist type of flavors that cross over between sweet and savory a little bit that are really sophisticated for the foodies and the culinary experts among us. So things like ginseng um, and plant extract derived flavors are really uh, taking off right now um, for their health halo. Animal-free dairy also caught Hook's attention at the show as a complementary ingredient or base for functional beverages and in adjacent categories. We're also seeing a lot of innovation in the dairy alternative formats here at the show this year. And it goes in many directions. There's your plant-based, your nut milks. Um, those Those are here. Um, they're tasting better every year and, you know, being coupled with really sophisticated flavors. Uh, we're also seeing um, ingredients on the whey side, the whey protein side, that are cowless. So what they're doing is fermenting the, the DNA or the molecular structure of cow milk. They're fermenting it, multiplying it, and creating a whey protein from it that can be used in products. And while it it does start to originate with cows, it's actually more sustainable and it's animal free. So uh, vegans are excited about it because it bypasses that whole agricultural process. And uh, Perfect Day is a good example of a company that that does that in the market. Um, They are used in a lot of brands. They're a branded ingredient company. Um, California Performance Company is one that's here at the show that we're really excited about. They have a whey protein that you can mix or add into your morning smoothie. So if you think about, like, adding ginseng or something that's got a really heavy flavor, that dairy really rounds it out and balances it out. Between fallout from the pandemic and the tightening economy, many food and beverage players, both large and small, are evolving their business models to ensure sufficient funds and visibility for long-term success. At Natural Products Expo West, Lando said she was struck by how involved celebrity endorsers have become, especially for emerging brands. I think it's interesting is how involved celebrities would become especially with startups in this industry. So last year, I remember Jason Momoa was there, and friends of mine were texting me pictures of of him and Nick Jonas, you know, just to name a couple, um, were actually at booths serving samples. Um, And today, Vanessa Hudgens from High School Musical was cited by our team. And it's a pretty cool thing to, to know that celebrities are making financial investments in the industry to do the very things we've just been talking about here, improve products, improve uh, the health of our food and beverages, 
any supplements. Um, and it's something that they obviously are passionate about and want to get behind. So it's pretty cool. And as endorsers, that goes a long way um, for the popularity of the product and the publicity. Lando also noticed larger businesses also are changing their go-to-market strategy to boost visibility, such as in the case of several traditional B2B companies that are extending their offerings directly to consumers. Another prominently featured claim touted at Expo West by stakeholders across the value chain was regenerative agriculture. And while well-intentioned and spot-on for meeting consumers' growing concerns about sustainability, the concept doesn't have a clear definition. Andrew Utterback, Senior Manager for Sustainability at Ingredion, explained the idea of regenerative agriculture offers a lot of potential. But until industry agrees on a set of standards that can clearly communicate to consumers the term is just as much of a threat to the business as a force for good. I think Regen has picked up momentum for a couple different reasons. Number one is investors look at it a way to understand businesses are going to be resilient into the future. So if you understand your supply chain and you are reaching into it and helping the commodity producers for your raw materials be more environmentally friendly, they're going to last longer. They're going to be around longer, which means your business has a better chance of being successful. So that's the, uh, the investor side. They see it as a resiliency play. They know people that are forward-looking in regenerative agriculture are probably going to be winners in the future with their businesses. And then the second piece, and probably just as or maybe even more important, is the consumer piece. Right? You want to be able to tell stories as a brand and say, hey, we reached back into our supply chain to the farmers that produce this product, and we incentivize them, we work with them to do it in a more environmentally friendly way. You know, we paid them to plant cover crops or to reduce tillage or to use less synthetic inputs. And that's a really great story for them to tell their consumers. Consumers care. Like, they brand themselves almost, you know, their purchases are what they care about. So if you can tell a regenerative ag story, great way to go. And then at the same time, those businesses are getting improvements in their scope three emissions, right? Everybody has SBTI targets. Everybody wants to reduce their emissions. Agriculture is a great way to do that. And most of our customers, ag is going to be a huge part of their scope three footprint. So they need to address that. And I think regenerative agriculture is a great way to get there. And I also agree with you. I think there are many different standards or many different claims that aren't really backed in reality or like a third-party verified system or anything else. Like somebody will do one practice and say, oh, that's all region now. Hey, we fixed it. Everything's good. And so we are members of the Sustainable Ag Initiative. And Cy actually announced yesterday morning version 1.0 of a regenerative ag standard. So what it is, a set of quantitative measurements, practices, and KPIs that farmers will implement in their supply chains in conjunction with the supply chain partners, you know, the ingredients and the CPGs of the world. And then there will be a measurable output with a third-party verification. And that's what we really feel comfortable with as we work on Regen. We want it to be a set standard so when we claim something or we say this is regenerative ag, people can look it up and know what we're actually talking about. And I think that's going to be really important because if everybody calls everything regenerative agriculture, it's not going to, it's not going to mean anything anymore. It's not going to be impactful because everybody's going to say regen and eventually people will figure out, wait, they're saying regen, but this doesn't meet what I thought regen was. So we're looking to have a standard to kind of avoid that in the future. For a show as large as Natural Products Expo West, this is just a small sample of the emerging and maturing trends sweeping the show floor and soon the industry. But unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. And so I encourage you to check out more coverage at foodnavigatorusa.com, where we explore other trends, emerging brands, and mature companies that are paving new waves forward. 
With that, we have reached the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope that you'll join me again next week for another installment. And to ensure that you remember, I encourage you to subscribe. Until next time, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive, profitable, and safe week.